Live from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe. It's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now, here's your host, Chris Arnson. Good afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and the rest of humanity living on the planet Earth who are listening via live streaming at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnzen, your host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Friday on this 27th day of January 2023. I am so glad that during a conversation recently with my friend Owen Strand uh, that uh, he reminded me I need to get Gavin Peacock back on my program. And I immediately uh, took him up on his uh, recommendation and his reminding of me to do so. Uh, Gavin Peacock is, or should I say was, a Premier League footballer in the UK. And for our listeners here in the United States, that's a a pro soccer player. Uh, And he turned associate pastor at Calvary Grace Church of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today we're going to be addressing his book, A Greater Glory from Pitch to Pulpit. It's my honor and privilege to welcome you back to Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, Gavin Peacock. Great to be with you, Chris, after all these years. Yeah. And uh, let me uh, right away give our email address in the event that our listeners would like to ask you a question. Our email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Give us your first name, at least, your city and state of residence and your country of residence if you live outside the USA. Please only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. Before we get into our discussion on your book, Gavin, please let our listeners know something about Calvary Grace Church of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Sure. Uh, We're a a church part of about um, 16 years now um, here in Calgary, Alberta. Um, Clint Humphrey is a, is a senior pastor who planted the church by God's grace and um, I've been on board as an associate pastor I'm just going into my 12th year now of pastoral ministry um, the Lord has blessed us we've, we've grown in, uh, in number uh, over the last two or three years greatly probably about 250 on a Sunday now um, and, and I would say depth in, in obedience to the Lord as well uh, as we've sought to um, deliver expositional uh, preaching, um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we've got a healthy church growing here. And where would your theological positions lie? Uh, we would be broadly reformed. Um, we're Baptistic, um, complementarian, obviously Protestant in that reformed tradition. 
Um, so a little bit of an anomaly in, uh, in, in some of the pop evangelicalism that we have in this part of the world. And yet um, I would say that uh, the Lord has used us uh, to help other churches um, to grow in their own uh, biblical health, the marks of what is a healthy church. And um, in that sense, we punch a little bit above our weight in terms of we're not a mega church. And yet we've the Lord's used us um, in this part of the world uh, to, to further the kingdom. So we're grateful to him. And, um, yeah, we're, we're finding as well that um, as we stayed open uh, during the COVID period, people were coming to us for the fact that not that we were reformed or complementarian or any of these things, but that we were open. And then they started to hear uh, expositional preaching and, and they've stayed. Um, and, and that's been a, another blessing to us as well. Oh, praise God. And uh, I'm assuming uh, that you did not receive the backlash from the government, the Canadian government, as other churches that remained open, uh, unfortunately, had to experience? Um, we did uh, experience some kind of intrusions and, and phone calls. Um, we sought to kind of uh, adhere to the uh, certain restrictions as best we could while staying open. Uh, and that's what we did. We did. We did stay up. I think we were only closed just for the first few weeks of, of COVID, like everyone else. Uh, but we had a capacity, a size in our church, which allowed for that. And um, we, we, uh, you know, our posture and should be the same for all Christians is a posture of submission to the authorities that God has put over us. Uh, when it means that we are in line with God's word, and uh, of course, um, at different times, the, the government. Uh, did overreach, and there were certain pastors who whom they came down on. Great. Well, if anybody uh, wants to find out more about Calvary Grace Church in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, go to calvarygrace.ca. That's C-A-L-V as in Victor, A-R-Y, grace.ca. I know it's a bit of a tongue twister since Calgary and Calvary are only different in one word or one uh, letter, but it's Calvary with a V as in Victor, Grace Church of Calgary with G as in God uh, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, we already have uh, a question that I think is appropriate to ask right away because it involves the title of your book. We have Ted in Moundville, Alabama, who says, please explain the pitch in your <laughs> title, A Greater Glory from Pitch to Pulpit. Yeah, I knew when I, I had that title that for Americans, they might think pitch as in a, a baseball pitch. Right, right. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about the, the soccer pitch, the soccer field. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, my, it's my journey from the soccer pitch to the pulpit. And in, even in between that, um, I worked after retiring from playing professionally, I worked for BBC uh, on the media side of things as what we call a pundit uh, on TV and radio for six years. So I literally went from pitch to punditry to pulpit. Uh, but I thought it was a bit shorter to just say pitch to pulpit. And now this is not really central to our conversation today. But uh I have always wondered, why do you think, I don't know how familiar you are with American culture, if you've spent any time here at all, but I've always wondered why uh, soccer or football, as you call it, 
uh, has never caught on here as a professional sport with the popularity it enjoys everywhere else on the planet mm. Earth. I mean, mm. Europe and South America and Central America and uh, Canada and, I mean, everywhere, uh, Africa, uh, the West Indies. Uh, it is such a popular uh, sport. And in, and in around here, the only time you see... Uh, the popularity of the sport revealed, at least in my experience, is if you go to a specific ethnic restaurant that happens mm. to have a team in a certain game, like a German restaurant or an Italian restaurant, uh, you'll see the mm. place packed, if they have a large screen TV, that is, uh, yes. gathered around the, the TV. But it is an extremely popular sport from preschool uh, to high school, senior in high school, and even college. But why do you think it never caught on here as a professional sport? You know, um, and I do explain this in my book, I, I spent uh, two years when I was 11 years old living in Tampa, Florida. And that was in the late 70s and into the early 80s. And my father, Keith, who was a professional footballer, he retired from playing in the UK and was offered the position as, associate, uh, as assistant uh, coach of the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And, and back then, Chris, they were in the NASL, that's the North American Soccer League, and it was big. Uh, the Rowdies shared the stadium with the Tampa Bay Bucks at the old Sombrero Stadium. They were getting 40,000 there for games. Uh, the NASL was bringing in the, the biggest names in the world, the likes of Pele, Pele, who, who just died recently, uh, and George Best and Johan Cruyff. The, the, the greatest players in the world were coming to the States, as, and it was a real kind of... Uh, right, this is a boost to get this this sport going in this nation. And it did for a while, but it never could compete ultimately with the big American sports. And I think that's what it is. It's it's still played well at grassroots level. Um, the U.S. national team um, have been a decent team and, and grown over years as a decent team. They're, they're a difficult team to play against. Obviously, the, the U.S. women's team are, are a phenomenal team. Um, and yet... Uh, Really, in that the professional uh, game, which is the MLS now, um, it's just never been as big because it just can't compete with those big American sports, which is part of the American culture. And yet, you know, the the, the figures for the Super Bowl are absolutely dwarfed by the figures uh, for watching the World Cup final because football, soccer is is the biggest sport in the world. Right. And uh, I had my own theory uh, because. There is a similarity between hockey and soccer or football, as you call it, uh, in that they're both low-scoring games, typically. Uh, but hockey is an extremely popular sport here in the United States. And I have a theory that it is because you can fight <laughs> on the oh. rink. And uh, in hockey, although they get penalties they don't get removed from the sport completely <laughs> and in uh in uh, soccer or uh, your version of football uh, the fighting seems to only take place in the stands from what i understand <laughs> uh, yeah um it used to as well very much so in the 1980s and, and 90s uh, less so now but but for sure i'm still trying to work that fighting thing out i mean i'm living in canada so you've got hockey all around i mean it's you talk about soccer not being so big in, in the States. Well, it's even less so here. 
But yeah, I've been to some hockey games. I still can't figure out why they they allow for the fighting, but uh, <laughs> it's helped me. It's helped me. It's a way of diffusing uh, anger and getting it out of the system. But um, but yeah, you, you you could be right there. That's what people in North America have been used to, um, and soccer doesn't allow for it. And and I think there is the, the, that thing about that it can be low scoring, and and you can end. This is what I think a lot of Americans don't like that you can end a game in nil nil zero zero, right. Uh, and you've been there for 90 minutes and uh, they want to see a winner. They want to see goals. That's what their sports have, uh, have provided. So just a little bit of a cultural thing yeah. has probably pr- proven a block. Yep. Uh, well, even though you have given your testimony on this program before, because this is not your first time, I think it would be important for you to repeat your salvation testimony because of the nature of our discussion uh, and to get a background of where you were coming from before you even became a footballer. Uh, if you could provide us with a summary of uh, your salvation testimony, what kind of religious atmosphere in which you were raised, if any, and what kind of providential mm-hmm. circumstances or sovereign Lord raised up in your life that drew you to himself and saved you? Mm. Well, I was... I was actually brought up in a footballing family. As I mentioned, my father, Keith, played professional football for 17 years for a team called Charlton Athletic, which is in South London. Um, so he was a, a one-club man. In fact, he's the uh, the longest-serving uh, outfield player in their history with the most amount of appearances. And an interesting fact was that he was the first substitute ever used in English league football. So back in the day, I always say when men were men, and if you got an injury and broke a leg, you, you carried on playing because there was no substitute. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the Football Association got together and said, listen, we need to have a 12th man, you know, just now it's amazing because there's so many substitutes on the bench. A 12th man, a number 12. And on the first day that I was implemented in the, in the English season, um, my father was sub for his team that day and got on before anyone else. There was an injury. He got on. He was clocked as the... First substitute ever used. It's actually a trivial pursuit question in in Europe, uh, European trivial pursuit. So I grew up around the smell of the dressing room. All I ever wanted to do was uh, become a a professional footballer like my dad. And I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, so I was playing uh, football on a Sunday. And I just went through the ranks of playing for my school and then my district, then my county. And at age 15, I represented my country. Uh, played for England schoolboys, and then I had all the big professional teams wanting to sign me. Um, and I ended up signing for Queen's Park Rangers, which was a, a West London team, which was in the top division, which we call the Premier League now. It's Division One then. And I left school at age 16 um, and signed professional. And um, and really, uh, in the next sort of couple of years, so I go into a man's world now. It's a, it's a very hard and harsh environment. Um, I'm playing football for a living now uh, and I go in as a boy amongst men um, and I realised that you know because football was my god if I played well I was up if I played badly I was down and so I'm up and down in these first couple of years and, and maybe being a professional footballer which the world will tell you is everything you know is going to bring you joy because you've got the career you've got the potential money you've got the popularity with the fans and uh, well it wasn't bringing that satisfaction so I was kind of wrestling with some big issues of life I lived at home at the time 
And um, just one evening, as I say, not brought up in a Christian home, but my mum decided to check out the local church, local Methodist church it was, just down the road. And I just went to keep her company. And the uh, minister said to me, would I like to come back to his house? There was a, a youth meeting there that night on a Sunday. And he said, there'd be people your own age. Um, I was 18, as I say. And I, I said, yep, no problem. I pulled up to, the, to that meeting in my sports car and with a bit of money in my pocket with, with the career. And I, I was in the in crowd. These people weren't. And yet when I walked into the room that evening and when I heard these young people talk about Jesus Christ and when I heard them pray, it was a joy and a reality they had that I did not have. And so there was first that witness from the, the Christian community, if you like. And then I heard the minister unpack from the Bible, what is the gospel? And I realized that, uh, you know, I've been created by God for God. And that ever since the, the fall of man, all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and therefore sit under his judgment. And I realized uh, that because of his great grace alone, uh, through the life, death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and through repentance and faith in him alone, uh, he could save me. And so I realized that my biggest need wasn't the approval of the crowd on a Saturday, but it was to be in a right relationship with the living God. And, and by his grace, he provided that through, through Christ. And, and I was granted repentance and faith. And, and I believed upon Christ after a few weeks of going there. And, and I was saved. So I was then 18, a young professional footballer, just on the edge of breaking into the first team. Um, and I told the lads the, the ne- you know, literally the next week, uh, they, they find out what you're doing uh, at the weekend. You live with a bunch of men for 10, year, 10 months of the year. And I uh, said, I've become a Christian. And uh, it was amazing. I was met with a, a little bit of um, uh, laughter and mockery. And then there's some seriousness as they watch to see if my walk matched my talk. And I had some amazing opportunities over the years to, to witness to men you would never think uh, would ask about Christ and the gospel. Wow. Praise God. <clears throat> now, when was it in your walk with Christ that you came to discover and embrace Reformed theology? That would have been, uh, I want to say now, probably 20, almost 20 years ago. Um, I was going on, um, I was going on a, a vacation and I, I, I just wanted a couple of podcasts um, to download for the, for the plane ride. And, uh, and I, I went online and I just downloaded a couple of sermons by a guy called John Piper. And, um, and I, I, I was sitting on the plane, and, and the first thing that struck me was uh, I've never heard preaching like it. It was electric. Uh, the second thing was the, the, the substance of, of what he was saying and the, and the way that he was talking about the sovereignty of God. And then the third thing is one of the, the sermons was on um, actually on biblical manhood and womanhood, uh, and that gripped me as well as I was seeing the declension in the, in the culture around and in the church on those particular issues. And so after that, I got hold of his book, Desiring God. And then that was a paradigm shift for me, a real introduction as, as Piper really breathed uh, a new life, as it were, into the doctrines of grace in the way that he unpacked them in that book. And so from then I was gripped. And, uh, you know, I always say to people, you know, we're, 
we're not born lovers of God's sovereignty. We're born lovers of our own sovereignty. But when he breaks through those, those paradigms, the whole Bible burst open. And, and it did, really. And it, it was John Piper's preaching and desiring God that, that was instrumental in that. Well, praise God. And did you have any negative feedback from Christians uh, who you knew and loved and worshipped with uh, when you became Reformed? Were there any non-Reformed Christians that reacted in a negative way? Uh, not immediately, um, but as time went on and as my own, um, I think, articulation of, uh, of doctrine grew, as I started then to, as the Lord called me into ministry, then uh, I've had more discussions with, with folk that would hold a, a, an Arminian perspective um, on, on those doctrines. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those opportunities that you... You just want to bring to people, let the scripture speak for themselves. You have to be able to articulate it, of course. Um, but it's only God that can, uh, as I say, change thinking and change paradigms. And But once that happens, it's spiritual gold and it's food for the soul. That the, the, that the Lord has loved me and chosen me in Christ before the foundation of the world it is pastoral gold. Because if he's loved me since then, he's not going to stop loving me next week when I stumble or when the circumstances around me go bad or if there's that diagnosis that, that isn't good from the doctor, uh, he's always loved me in Christ. And, uh, and, and so that keeps me strong in my faith. And so, um, yeah, I, I found that uh, over the years I've had some really good conversations with folks. And then, of course, there are some that, you know, would, would want to be a little bit more antagonistic in their uh, encounter with you. Well, our aforementioned listener, Ted, from Moundville, Alabama, has a follow-up question. <clears throat> I'm wondering if Pastor Peacock could offer his assessment of Alberta's new premier, Daniel Smith, Danielle Smith, I'm sorry, uh, given the low marks assigned to the former premier, especially regarding his management of the COVID crisis as it relates to worship in Christian congregations. I'm curious if he and other pastors have any higher hopes for her administration. Well, I'm not a great politician. Obviously, we've all become a little bit more politically minded, I think, in the last couple of years. Um, Jason Kenney, I think, was trying to do the right thing, especially early on, but probably caved to pressure on him. Uh, this premier has come in and made some initial um, good noises, if you like. Um, and, uh, but I think with her, again, it's going to be time will tell. Time will tell, and, and uh, as other pressures come in around uh, for her to put pressure on the church, for instance, the conversion therapy bill uh, could have real pressure uh, on the church in terms of we could be coming under fire for, for literally preaching Christian sanctification and, and Christian sexuality. Uh, and now what, what position will she take on churches then? So I think, you know, we might be hopeful, but ultimately we don't hope in politics. We hope in Christ, um, though we're concerned, obviously, for justice and we pray for those in authority over us. We know that uh, uh, Christ is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail. And it's the gospel alone that, that can change people's hearts and bring people into the kingdom. And that's why we keep the gospel front and center in, in our church. And that's what we gather around is Christ and his gospel, not political opinions or political persuasions, even though we're not ignoring them and we know that there is a relationship 
that we need to work out as those who are uh, in the world but not of the world. Well, guess what, Ted? Uh, you have won, by virtue of your question today, a free copy of the book, A Greater Glory, From Pitch to Pulpit, by our guest, Gavin Peacock, published by Christian Focus Publications. Please be patient uh, in getting this book in the mail, because the books have not yet arrived to me from Christian Focus Publications, but I can assure you they are on their way, because they routinely provide us with books to give away. Uh, so uh, we thank you for your, your excellent question or should I say questions plural, and uh, make sure we have your full mailing address. And Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com, will ship that out to you at no charge to you or to us. And by the way, if you want to find out more about the book while you're waiting for it, you can go to christianfocus.com, christianfocus.com, and look up A Greater Glory by Gavin Peacock. <clears throat> uh, we're going to go to our first commercial break right now. If you have a question, uh, there are a couple of people already waiting, but if you want to get in line and have your question asked and answered on the air by Gavin Peacock, send it to chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state and country of residence. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Gavin Peacock and in our discussion on a greater glory from pitch to pulpit right after these messages from our sponsors. James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Bodie Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Aniel, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson, I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. Try TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies, if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. 
Check out the vast array of all-natural handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Armson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to thestandardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com such a blessing to hear from Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners from all over the world. Here's Joe Riley, a listener in Ireland who wants you to know about a guest on the show he really loves hearing interviewed, Dr. Joe Moorcraft. I'm Joe Riley, a faithful Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener here in Atoy in County Kildare, Ireland, going back to 2005. One of my very favorite guests on Iron Sharpens Iron is Dr. Joe Moorcraft. If you've been blessed by Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, Dr. Moorcraft and Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, are largely to thank since they are one of the program's largest financial supporters. Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming is in Forsyth County, a part of the Atlanta metropolitan area. Heritage is a thoroughly biblical church, unwaveringly committed to Westminster standards, and Dr. Joe Moorcraft is the author of an eight-volume commentary on the larger catechism. Heritage is a member of the Hanover Presbytery, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and tracing its roots and heritage back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Heritage maintains and follows the biblical truth and principles proclaimed by the reformers. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, and God's glory alone. Their primary goal is the worship of the triune God that continues in eternity. For more details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. That's heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Or call 678-954-7831. That's 678-954-7831. If you visit, tell them Joe Riley, an Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener from a toy in County Kildare, Ireland, sent you. Hello, my name is Anthony Uvinio, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and also the host of the ReformRookie.com website. I want you to know that if you enjoy listening to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show like I do, you can now find it on the Apple's iTunes app by typing Iron Sharpens Iron radio in the search bar. 
You no longer have to worry about missing a show or a special guest because you're in your car or still at work. Just subscribe on the iTunes app and listen to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show at any time, day or night. Please be sure to also give it a good review and pass it along to anyone who would benefit from the teaching and the many solidly reformed guests that Chris Arnzen has on the show. Truth is so hard to come by these days, so don't waste your time with fluff or fake news. Subscribe to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio podcast right now. And while you're at it, you can also sign up for the ReformRookie.com podcast and visit our website and the YouTube page. We are dedicated to teaching Christian theology from a Reformed Baptist perspective to beginners in the faith as well as seasoned believers. From Keech's Catechism and the Doctrines of Grace to the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Leviticus, the Reform Rookie Podcast and YouTube channel is sure to have something to offer everyone seeking biblical truth. And finally, if you're looking to worship in a Reformed church that holds to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, please join us at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, New York. Again, I'm Pastor Anthony Avenio, and thanks for listening. Sharpens Iron Radio praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers, educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society, Jewelers of America, and the Gemological Institute of America. For the perfect custom-designed engagement ring or any one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications, Royal Diadem Jewelers has you covered. No matter where you live in the world, Royal Diadem will walk you step-by-step through every stage of the process and even hold a high-tech internet virtual visit using state-of-the-art jewelry design technology to serve you. They start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they're continually listening to your input, likes and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. Visit royaldiadem.com. That's royaldiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewellers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, RoyalDiadem.com is still offering... Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, this amazing, mind-blowing offer. They are giving us at Iron Sharpens Iron Radio 100% of the profits from any sale to an Iron Sharpens Iron Radio listener, whether it be for jewelry that they already have in stock at royaldiadem.com, valued at $100 or more, or if you're having a custom design piece of jewelry created, whether it is your... Uh, church logo, your parachurch ministry logo, your uh, church logo, your denomination logo, your seminary logo, or perhaps if you are a 
soccer or footballer fan, uh, your favorite team logo. If you want that turned into a piece of jewelry, custom designed, uh, such as a pendant for a necklace or a ring or any other kind of piece of jewelry, RoyalDiadem.com will do a masterful job. As I've told you before, I have seen firsthand their absolutely extraordinary work. Uh, one of the sons of the woman who led me to Christ in the 1980s, Joe, has a pendant uh, that was custom designed specifically for him by RoyalDiadem.com. It's a cross pendant with the crown of thorns. It is absolutely amazing. And I am not exaggerating. I am not using hyperbole. It is absolutely mind-blowing how beautiful this piece of jewelry is. Joe is thrilled with it, loves to wear it. And I know that they will do a phenomenal job for you, too. So, please, um, uh, we have no idea when they're going to pull the plug on this offer at RoyalDiadem.com, where we get 100% of the profits from any sale to one of our Iron Sharpens Iron Radio listeners. So, please, contact them quickly at RoyalDiadem.com either for purchasing a gift for Valentine's Day, having something custom designed for an engagement, or a special gift for someone that you love, or for yourself. Go to RoyalDiadem.com and make sure you mention Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio so that we can have the benefit of receiving 100% of the profits from that purchase. RoyalDiadem.com. We're now back with Gavin Peacock. Uh, premier, a former Premier League footballer in the UK, pro soccer player for you uh, Americans who don't know what that means, <laughs> and he turned associate pastor, now ministering at Calgary Grace Church of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We are discussing his book, A Greater Glory from Pitch to Pulpit. Uh, just before we go into our conversation, I was reminded when you mentioned the late Pele earlier. There was a high school classmate of mine, Frank Santos. I can see uh, Frank in my mind as clearly as when I knew him. He was, uh, even though it was a very integrated school, he was one of the only kids in the in the school with a very large afro, and yet he was not black. He was a white uh, Brazilian, and his face was uh, lighter skin than mine, and his Afro was bright orange, I remember. But his family was very close uh, to Pele, and I think they had some involvement in the actual team, the New York Cosmos. Um, I, I don't know if they part-owned it, or there was some very close connection they had, because they uh, were very close with Pele. Pele would visit their home for meals, and, and uh, so they knew him very well. They weren't just your average fans especially being Brazilians, where uh, where Pele was from. But um, we'd like to enter into now the some of the major focuses of your book, The Greater Glory, From Pitch to Pulpit, that whole concept of being a regenerate Bible-believing Christian in a sport that is extremely popular everywhere else than the United States, Globally, the most popular sport in the world, perhaps. Uh, tell us about some of the unique experiences and challenges you had since you became a Christian as a very young man. I think you said you were 18. Uh, tell us more about some of those situations God and his sovereign providence placed you in as a footballer. 
Mm. Well, if I can just say uh, up front, uh, Chris, that um, that my book, my biography, um, it's a it's a it's a sports biography, but it's more than that. It's it's a it's a story of all of life, of the complexities of life, set against the backdrop of the beautiful game, but with the light of my Christian faith upon it. Um, and so it, it, it's a story about family and uh, marriage and fatherhood and, and suffering and, and, and disability, life, death, career, winning, losing. And so I deal with these issues of life that everyone deals with. Um, and it's just a story of an ordinary man saved by God's grace who was in an extraordinary job for a little bit of time there. Um, and, and so it really is the greater glory is there's a greater glory in life and football fame and fortune. Uh, there's a greater glory to be had in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. Um, and, and so that was the idea of the book. So it's actually, anyone can read it and there'll be names in there that some American, uh, even sports fans wouldn't necessarily uh, know, but I've painted a picture of characters so that it makes a particular point. Obviously, if I'm mentioning David Beckham, who I played against, they'll know who I mean. Um, but uh, I talk about playing for Chelsea, playing for Newcastle United, some of the dressing room things that, that happen there. And so people will be able to relate at, at many different levels. It should be an encouragement to Christians, and hopefully there's some wisdom there for Christian uh, living. Um, and it's evangelistic, so it presents the uh, non-believer uh, with the gospel, but with the whole of life under a biblical worldview. And so when I became a, a, a Christian, yeah, the people often ask me this, was it difficult being a, a Christian and a professional footballer, a pro athlete? And my first answer is that it's difficult being a Christian in any walk of life. Amen. You're, you're fighting against the world, the flesh and the devil, right? So we all experience difficulties. Um, there are various trials uh, for all of us in life, as the scriptures point to, we shouldn't be surprised at the fiery trial um, and that through many tribulations we'll enter the kingdom of God. So in that sense, it's the same for for everyone. Probably the particular differences with professional sport is that you are uh, living out your faith in a very public arena. Um, and so if you're open about your faith, as I was, the, the 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 rest of the team and the and the club with all the backroom staff and everyone know the press know the media know um, and so therefore if you're known as a Christian athlete um, your faith comes under scrutiny maybe in a way that it doesn't even though everyone you know people are always watching Christians if you do make it known in a in a, in a magnified way in in the ways it wouldn't do maybe if you had a regular office job as such that would be one difference and one particular pressure um another is that you live out massive highs and massive lows in a very short space of time again we all go through big highs and big lows in life but in in professional football you can be the headlines on the saturday as the hero and you could be the villain by the tuesday the next game and the crowd is paying for your blood and maybe you're out the team and or you've had an injury and, and you can be at your lowest in a very quick, quick uh, space of time. Um, so, so those will be two particular uh, difficulties uh, of being a Christian and a professional athlete in, in the public uh, eye that, that I particularly experience. But I, I, the privilege is that you're actually in, as a Christian, into a world that is 
very uh, anti-God, um, and yet you have then a particular door, a particular key to open to connect with, with those folks by obviously the way you live your life, but also it has to be the gospel that you do speak at appropriate times. And so then again, for every Christian who's listening, what is your particular sphere that you're in that God's given you a particular key to that you can live that out for the glory of God? Um, and so that would that would be another you know aspect of, of, of the job that I found for that short space of time as a footballer, using it for God's glory. Now, you were, uh, again, uh, a young man when you became a Christian, and you were already, at 18, a professional soccer player. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm assuming at that age, although it's not guaranteed that a young person of that age is single, I'm assuming that you had not yet gotten married. And with the prestige and fame and popularity of the sport in which you played, especially in uh, the UK. Uh, What was it like uh, resisting the temptation of women that I'm assuming were approaching you romantically? And also, uh, perhaps even the mockery you received from fellow players for not giving in to those invitations. Uh, It's kind of ironic how even very conservative Bible-believing Christians, uh, before they are married, are sometimes mocked and slandered and accused of being homosexuals by those that are not uh, believers because you're not giving in to frequent fornication and so on. So there is an an irony there. But uh, uh, how did you respond to both of those situations? Well, I I think firstly I was to help me walk in purity – it was important that I was in a good church, that I developed a uh, somewhat of a vibrant devotional life. And that I also had good men around me, good older Christian men who could speak into my life. So that was a that was my safeguards and as well as well as that kind of fuel to, to fuel me on, on the road to 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 keep him pure for Christ. Um, it wasn't long after I got saved that I actually met my wife to be. Um and, the, and the, the story of it is that probably, uh, I want to say six months after I was saved, so just a new Christian, uh, I was studying at night school in southeast London. I chose to study history. It was actually uh, Reformation history, Henry VIII and all of that time. Um, and uh, the first night of classes, um, this young woman walked in, the only seat available was uh, opposite me at the table, and uh, I thought, I like this girl's smile. I'm going to ask, yeah, chat with her at the, at the break. And um, Amanda was her name. So I got chatting to her, and she said, oh, what do you do then for a, for a living? And I thought, well, I've got this in the bag, right? The girls are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Slam dunk, right? Uh, so I said, oh, I'm a professional footballer. And she said, oh, I don't really like football at all. And so that was the, <laughs> the Lord humbling me straight away. But she was very interested when I started talking more and told her I was a Christian because, you know, I was just very open. And, and Amanda, at the time, she wasn't a Christian, and she, but she was quite interested. And she'd been looking at other religions. And so she, I got her to come along to my church and to 
the youth meeting afterwards. And after a couple of months, Amanda was saved. And then there was this friendship in and amongst the other young people of the church, which then developed into uh, me uh, asking to date her. And we, within, I think, three months of dating, we were engaged. And within another eight months, we were we were married, married in 1989. And we've been married now. We'll be coming up 34 years this year. Praise God. God, you, God really rescued you big time as a young man by leading your wife pretty quickly to you. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, bringing my, my wife to me quickly is, is good. I mean, even in, um, in secular thinking from, from soccer coaches, they would always like to see those young, the young guys settle down early and you know be married and then you've got a home life and you've got responsibilities it settles a young man down was the was the theory um but certainly having the responsibility of a wife and a home and and someone i was going back to was was a good thing and of course uh we were only young christians working out our faith and learning how uh, to live as husband and wife in the roles that we're assigned um but but it was good at the same time, just because, you know, you're married, it does not make you immune to uh, sexual immorality. And uh, married or, or unmarried, we, we need to be pursuing Christ first uh, and walking in yoke with him. Amen. Uh, we have Grady, one of our most loyal and faithful and generous supporters. Uh, Grady in Ashboro, North Carolina. Greetings, brothers. I quit watching sports about five years ago as I watched them become more politically correct. Recently, we had a hockey player verbally attacked because he refused to celebrate a gay pride celebration because of his faith. Is this happening in football, in parentheses, soccer also? Yes, he's speaking about the Russian-born player for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Right, yeah, I've, it's, a, it's a great observation, and it's, it's true to say that, that it's happened increasingly so. Um, I didn't experience it in my career, but now I would experience it. So, for instance, you know, I have a Twitter feed, and I'm, uh, I'm very clear and open uh, on the views of the gospel, uh, on views of biblical sexuality, um, I think if I was a professional footballer now in the Premier League, I would come under fire from the club, the team that I represented, to pull some of my uh, comments. And then the question has to be asked, you know, could I in all conscience do that? I couldn't do There's this thing, rainbow laces in in the UK with the Premier League teams, uh, I think for one or two weeks a year, wearing these rainbow laces in, in support of, um, these gay pride and so I, but I couldn't do that in all conscience. I could not do that. Now, would I then be able to be a, a professional footballer and hold and a Christian in this day and age? I don't know because the issue at hand is freedom of speech and freedom of religion. We've even seen, uh, you, you know, you, the, the ones that you mentioned there, but then we've seen the, the likes of Israel, Falau, and Billy Vinopola, Pola, rugby players who one lost their job in the international team, playing for the international team, for literally t- tweeting First um, Corinthians 6. The, the other thing is, you know, the Black Lives Matter uh, thing. Uh, you see the teams, even the England team, England national team, taking the knee 
um, even at the even at the World Cup. Um, and so they're, 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 they're just blending football with politics. And some of these guys don't even know the origins of Black Lives Matter, but they just think it's anti-racism and it's a good thing to do. And of course, all of us would be against racism as Christians, but we're not, if we understand what Black Lives Matter is, uh, you're not going to be supporting hashtag Black Lives Matter because of its Marxist roots and its very destructive ideology. In fact, they are racist. They're just against a different race, or, or should I say people of a different skin color and heterosexuals. <laughs> mm, indeed. Uh, thank you, Grady. You have also won a, a free copy of the book we are discussing by Gavin Peacock, A Greater Glory from Pitch to Pulpit, thanks to our friends at Christian Focus Publications, who have given us a limited number of copies for listeners who submit questions. And that will be shipped out to you by our friends at cvbbs.com, Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, at no charge to you or to us. Make sure we have your full mailing address. We're going to our midway break right now. Please be patient with us as this break is longer than the other breaks because Grace Life Radio, 90.1 FM in Lake City, Florida, who airs this program, is compelled by the FCC to use our middle break to air their own public service announcements and other local things to localize geographically this program to Lake City, Florida. That's a FCC requirement. While they do that, we simultaneously air our globally heard commercials. Please use this time wisely. Respond to as many of our advertisers as you can at least to thank them for sponsoring the show because we cannot exist without our advertisers, uh, uh, f- uh, the, the funding from our advertisers. And send in your questions to Gavin P- Peacock to chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com. As always, give us your first name at least, city and state and country of residence. We'll be right back. Don't go away. James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I've been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Bodie Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Aniel, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson, I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee.
Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joe Moorcraft, pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church in Cumming, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Anthony Uvino, founder of the ReformRookie.com and co-founder of New York Apologetics, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tim Bushong of Syracuse Baptist Church in Syracuse, Indiana, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Eli Ayala, founder of Revealed Apologetics and staff member with the Historical Bible Society, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Josh Miller of Grace Bible Fellowship Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Joe Bianchi, president of Calvary Press Publishing in Greenville, South Carolina, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jake Korn of Switzerland Community Church in Switzerland, Florida, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnzen is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission to foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Hi, I'm Buzz Taylor. 
Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. Or you can order by phone at 1-800-656-0231. That's 1-800-656-0231. Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. As host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, I frequently get requests from listeners for church recommendations. A church I've been strongly recommending as far back as the 1980s is Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how He shall be worshipped and how He shall be represented in the world. They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. Grace Covenant Baptist Church endeavors to maintain a God-centered focus, reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship, performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at gcbcnj.squarespace.com. That's gcbcnj.squarespace.com. Or call them at 908 908- Nine nine six seven six five four. That's nine zero eight nine nine six seven six five four. Tell Pastor Dunn that you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parents and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. 
That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. Today at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops, and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ, staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban, and we are always about the message of Jesus. Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York, by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631-385-8333. Or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebrous Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebrous Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest in buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie All in 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on Post Tenebrous Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future. 
and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, please make solid-ground-books.com your very first stop for all your gift-giving needs, including Valentine's Day, which will be here before you know it. There are plenty of books that your wives would love as well that are published by solid-ground-books.com. And for you ladies, obviously, there's a lot of books that your husbands would love as well, especially if they love the Word of God and they love Christian literature. And don't forget your lost friends when you are purchasing gifts from solid-ground-books.com. God has used Christian literature, even non-canonical Christian literature, that is saturated in the gospel and Christ-focused for centuries to lead the lost to Christ. And that may be the case with your friends, too, and your loved ones who do not yet know the Lord. Go to solid-ground-books.com today. Purchase generously, purchase frequently, always mentioning that you heard about them from Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Before I return to Gavin Peacock and our discussion of his book, A Greater Glory, From Pitch to Pulpit, which is the story of a Premier League footballer in the UK, otherwise known as a professional soccer player, turned associate pastor at Calvary Grace Church of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Before we return to that conversation, I just have a couple of very important announcements to make. If you love this show, folks, and you don't want it to go off the air, I'm urging you, please go to ironsharpensironradio.com. Click support, then click, click to donate now. You could donate instantly with a debit or credit card in that fashion. If you prefer mailing in a check the old-fashioned way, there will also be a physical address that appears on your screen when you click support at ironsharpensironradio.com, where you can mail your checks made payable to Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. If you want to advertise uh, with us, whether it's your church, your parachurch ministry, your business, your private practice, like a law firm or a medical practice, uh, or if it's just a special event that you're having. As long as whatever it is you're promoting is compatible with what we believe here, you don't have to believe identically with me, but you need to be promoting something that is at the very least compatible with what I believe. I would love to help you launch an ad, came, an ad campaign as quickly as possible because we are just as much in urgent need of your advertising dollars as we are in your donations. So send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line. And don't forget, folks, as I try to remind you every day, I do not want my listeners ever to cut into the money that you have set aside to give to your own local church where you're a member every Lord's Day in order to bless Iron Trump and Zion Radio with a financial gift. Please don't give your own church less money to give us a financial gift. Never do that. Also, please, if you're really struggling to survive and make ends meet, wait till you are more financially stable and back on your feet before you send us a financial gift. There are two things that are extremely clear, vividly clear in the Bible about finances. We are to provide for our churches, and we are to provide for our families. We're commanded to do those things. There is no command to provide for my radio show. But if you love the show 
And you have extra money collecting interest in the bank. You have extra money for benevolent, recreational, and trivial purposes. You don't want this show to go away. Please share some of that money with us if you want us to continue to exist. Go to ironsharpensironradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. Also, folks, if you're not a member of a Christ-honoring, biblically faithful, theologically sound, doctrinally solid church like Calvary Grace Church of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, I have extensive lists spanning the globe of biblically solid churches, and I may be able to help you find a church, just just as I have done with many people in the Iron Sharpen Zion radio audience all over the world. Sometimes I have found churches for our global listeners within minutes from where they live. That may be you too if you are without a biblically solid church home. Send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put I need a church in the subject line. Last but not least, I want you to mark on your calendar if it is at all possible for you to attend a conference in Milton, Florida, March 3rd through the 5th. I strongly recommend that you attend the First Love Ministries' first annual Bible conference on the theme, Examining the New Birth. My friend Joe Jackowitz, who is the founder and president of First Love Ministries and First Love Radio, which actually live streams this program and many other faithful, uh, wonderful programs, he is one of the key speakers, and there are many more I strongly urge you to look up the information at firstloveministries.org, firstloveministries.org, and you will find all of the details that you need to register for this conference March 3rd through the 5th in Milton, Florida. Now, if you have any questions for our guest today, Gavin Peacock, send them to chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com, give us your first name, at least city and state and country of residence. Before I go to any listener questions, I just want to say something to a previous questioner, Grady, uh, in Asheboro, North Carolina, who asked the question about the Philadelphia Flyers hockey player who refused to wear any rainbow uh, paraphernalia on his jersey or on his hockey stick uh, due to his uh, faith as a Russian Orthodox. He's a native-born Russian. Uh, and he refused to wear these things. Um, uh, I heard a a brilliant analysis uh, several months ago by the renowned sports commentator Jason Whitlock, who also professes to be a Christian and is a conservative. Uh, He, in his opinion, uh, the homosexual activists have infiltrated the whole industry of professional sports, for one reason, or one of the reasons, is because sports is one of the very few areas of life in the media where people, for the most part, predominantly watch the games and the events live, and therefore they are a captive audience and can't fast forward through the commercials, which very often involve homosexual themes, or the activities that take place in half times and during uh, the breaks between periods, depending upon what sport, sport you're watching. And therefore, since they can't fast forward, since they're captive and the events are live, and it's one of the few areas in the media that, that continues to be live, 
that is one of the main reasons he believes they have infiltrated the sport. And I thought that was a, a great insight. I don't know if you have any comments on that, Gavin, or uh, any thoughts on that. Oh, I completely agree. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you know, in the devil's schemes of, of, of things, he's going to exploit whatever the best opportunities are. And of course, you, you look at Hollywood and, uh, and the movies, you think of, uh, you think of the music uh, industry, um, and then sport. And of course, sport increasingly so, uh, with the uh, media coverage, has, has become a god for, for, for many people. Um, and so you will get a big audience. And so take the World Cup, for instance, and take the, the idea of taking the knee or the one love armbands, all again to do with the gay pride. Uh, people are watching that, and it's a, it's a way to promote uh, an agenda for sure. Amen. Thank you. Um, we have an anonymous listener, and this anonymous listener says, my heart is broken over my son who is in grammar school because he is very ineffective and unskilled in sports, no matter what sport he may choose to be involved in. He is far too passive. He doesn't have enough aggression or a competitive spirit. How do I, in your counsel, help to make him more of an effective athlete because he seems to want to still try being a successful athlete at his young age, without importing into him non-Christian values. I know that there's nothing non-Christian about being competitive in its right frame of mind, but at the same time, obviously, there are people that cross the line into sin with their machismo and their view of acceptable violence that is not even necessary depending upon the sport that you're in. Do you have any questions on how to create in my son a drive to be this better competitive athlete with, without sinning? Mm. That's, a, that's a good question, a difficult one uh, to, to answer, not, not knowing the, you know, the fullness of the situation. I mean, the, 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 the first and best thing is, is, to, is to teach your son and lead your son to come to Christ and to take his identity uh, from Jesus Christ alone. Uh, and then if by God's grace he's come to Christ, then he can live out what it means to then be a, a Christian young man. Um, and that then roots him in the fact that he is not the sum of his performance uh, on, on the athletics field. Uh, it lies in Christ alone. That frees him then to enjoy uh, sport um, for, for what it is um, and that he can have a proper and right view of uh, fitness, you know that, that he should his, his body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. There is some value in in some physical training, uh, and a certain level uh, a, a young man should have some strength. It doesn't mean that everyone's got to have a six pack and be you know a, a great weightlifter, but that that he should use his body and make, and make it strong. And then I think it's probably then finding uh, maybe to help him find a particular sport that he might um, excel at more than others and, and guide him into, into that. Um, and, uh, and usually you can, you know, there's levels as well of, uh, I mean, at my school, when I went to school, you know, you had the A team, the B team, the C team, you had levels. So you could find a level that, that most could play at. And even if that's not the case at school, outside of school, in rec 
soccer, for instance, or rec hockey, whatever, you can usually find a level where a, a, a young person can play at and, and enjoy it. And then once he gets a bit of confidence at one level, you see then if he can progress to the next, whilst not making sport the god, but using it uh, to teach valuable lessons and to get some physical fitness. Um, I think those are the things. And certainly recognising that we can definitely shape uh, young men to have what is a, a, the characteristics of biblical manhood, to, to have that you know, dominion-taking uh, attitude, um, whilst not being uh, macho, uh, that machismo, uh, the biblical manhood, being a Christian uh, young man, it, it's not about being macho, it's about being mature, being mature in, in Christ and taking responsibility and taking initiative. And I think when a young man gets gripped by Christ, uh, then he takes on increasingly Christ-like character, and that will have the appropriate amount uh, of, if you like, uh, uh, aggression or uh, an activity uh, that he uh, embarks in. Amen. And uh, would you recommend immediately, what, while I was reading that, what popped into my head was it might be an interesting thing to do. Obviously, you read the Bible with your with your son and you bring your son to church and you even have your son speak with elders in the church. But one of the things that popped into my head, it might be interesting to watch chariots of fire with your son. Uh, that's one of the most powerful Christian films ever created, uh, ever to be seen in the cinema, in my opinion. And it wasn't even created by Christians to my knowledge. Uh, but the whole story of Eric Liddell or little, um, and his uh, running for the glory of God, uh, wouldn't that, if, if one is keeping in focus, that they are using whatever skill and talent and ability and action that they are involved in, they're, they're doing it to their utmost and to the uh, utmost of skill of which they are capable for the glory of God rather than for their own glory for uh, the shame and ridicule of opponents that you want to lose and all these other factors, if you're doing it for the glory of God and really come to, in the fullness of truth, be doing that while you're playing, wouldn't that uh, possibly be a boost to whatever this child is going through? Yeah, that's that's very helpful. And, I mean, you wonder that you don't think that they'd make a movie like that nowadays, would they, with the clearly Christian theme in there. and in my Especially sort of since his rival was Jewish. I mean, people would immediately say that's an anti-Semitic film. Exactly. Re remarkable movie. But as you say, one of the greats and one of my uh, heroes of the faith is Eric Little. I, in my book, A Greater Glory, I, I do have a, a passage where I talk about Little. And uh, I talk about what he did in terms of his stand of, of not competing on a Sunday, which affected him in the uh, Olympics in, in, in Paris back, back in the uh, 1930s and how the Lord opened a way for him to run in a, uh, uh, another event that didn't involve heats on a Sunday and how he won. And, that and an event that he run. was not particularly skilled in. No, it wasn't his best event. And yet the Lord equipped him for his glory. And there's a line in the film, which Little speaks, apparently attributed to, to Little, uh, where he's speaking to his sister Jenny. Of course, Little dies, it goes off as a missionary to China and actually dies in a prisoner of war camp. Um, but he's talking to his sister Jenny about the 
about the Olympics and, and about having to compete in the Olympics first. And he says, Jenny says, uh, God made me for a purpose, and that purpose was China. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Amen. Um, and, and, I, <laughs> I, and I use that as an illustration in the way that, that the Lord helped me to see my sport, that, that he made me for himself as a Christian man and, and that I, I was going to go into Christian ministry. But, but he also made me a decent footballer and, and that for a time. And when I played well, using the skills and ability I had for the glory of God, there is a feeling of God's own pleasure in his own creation, i.e. being yourself, uh, that, he, that rebounds to you. To you. And, um, and so then any young person can enjoy sport for what it is, a gift of God, and play it to the glory of God. And that's where you'll get your real, real joy from. It might be helpful for us to uh, do a comparison between two words, uh, one of which you uh, used, actually you used both of them, if you could compare and contrast machismo with biblical masculinity, because there are many people that wrongly think that machismo is the ideal persona of a truly masculine man, and yet uh, machismo often involves things that under the surface, things that are not quite readily seen, but under the surface very often involve cowardice, they involve uh, a lack of uh, self-confidence, even though the opposite uh, mindset is, is uh, glaring from uh, the, the outward uh, activity and words of the person that could be labeled macho. Uh, they're often bullies, and bullies is an act of cowardice because you're typically picking on somebody that you know is far weaker than yourself. But if you could, uh, compare and contrast machismo with masculinity because it, I think it would be helpful from a former professional athlete for people to hear that. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen that in the, in the, in the dressing room, of course. You, you see the machismo, and then you, you see... Uh, what is not biblical manhood, but maybe some echoes of what true manhood is as well. So I've seen the best of manhood and the worst of manhood in my sport and, and, and my time as a professional footballer. But I think you've basically outlined that idea of machismo um, that can be either very brash or uh, cowardly. Uh, it, it could be a bully or someone who is actually um, manipulating someone else by, and, and particularly women, and uh, by. Uh, a certain passivity and not taking responsibility. Whereas bi- biblical masculinity, true masculinity, is about uh, a, a, a loving, a sacrificial sense of responsibility before God to provide and protect uh, women in particular uh, and children spiritually and physically. It's that written on DNA of your soul to do that. Now, it's outlined very specifically in the home as the husband is the head of the wife, and that looks like love, and it looks like the love that Christ has for the church in giving himself up for her to wash her uh, with the word and to, to nourish and cherish her. Um, it's, it's outlined in terms of a masculine headship in the church in, in 1 Timothy uh, 2, and, and that call for biblically qualified men alone to be elders and, and function as pastors in the church. Um, even the qualification for an elder, one being that he must manage his own household well. 
But, but, but that masculinity isn't just for the home and the church. It extends to all of life because it's a creation order thing. So that you are a man all of the time and you're a woman all of the time in all spheres of life. And so that you can have a sense of that responsibility of sacrifice and love uh, in terms of protection and provision. Uh, and I always say to, to, to people, if I'm speaking to a mixed audience uh, at a church, I, I say, you know, it goes beyond the home and the church, not that all women submit to all men, but I could guarantee if there's a mixed audience in the church and a gunman were to come in that back of the church within the next 30 seconds, it would be the men of the church that would be on him before the women. They wouldn't be throwing the women out in front of the, them because it's written on the DNA of your soul, that responsibility, that sacrifice. Uh, and that's the difference between that and, and machismo. Uh, machismo is about self uh Biblical true masculinity gets down low to lift others up and ultimately points to the Christ who came down low to lift others up through salvation. Amen. And you, you, you will typically never find a person who could be rightly labeled as macho. You could rarely find any of them who has the courage and masculinity to speak and behave in ways that are unpopular. Uh, they will typically be involved in as much fornication as they possibly can, discarding women like they are garbage rather than protecting women, uh, not only protecting them physically and trying to keep them pure and keeping their reputations intact, but even protecting them from themselves. (laughs) Um, And whereas the true masculine Christian is going to have the courage and the masculinity to resist the popular trends of society that offend God, and he will even remain sexually pure before he is married. And, of course, while he is married, by not committing adultery, uh, and doing things that are viewed by many in the secular society as being anything but masculine. They view that as softness. They view that as as uh, somebody who's afraid of sex and all these other ridiculous things that are hurled at Christians, when it's quite obvious that evangelical Christians often have the largest uh, households of 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 uh, the secular so- among the secular society, uh, so they're obviously very often having healthy sexual activity within the bonds of marriage. But uh, anyway, I, just a thought, and I think that uh, those things are too often blurred. Uh, in fact, it is obvious that there are still uh, people who are born again, or at least professing to be, who wrongly view machismo as the ideal in the Christian manhood. You still have Christian women who who want the bad boy, uh, and you still have Christian men, perhaps, who want to be the bad boy, at least Christian in their profession. And these are things to obviously be made clear in, in as far as obedience to Christ, uh, how wrong those people are. Uh, we have uh, Joseph in South Central Pennsylvania. <clears throat> I think he brings up a very important question. Uh, since you brought up Eric Little, I was wondering what your views are in regard to the Sabbath. I know that even amongst Reformed Christians, there are disagreements And I was wondering how that came into play, no pun intended, when it came to your being a professional soccer player. Did you play as a Christian on Sunday? 
And how do you respond to the fact that there are many Christian families who have their children involved in sports in school, all the way from pre-K through college, who routinely do not worship on Sunday because they are busy either playing in a game or involved in practice? Well, firstly, I, I'm not a Sabbatarian in the sense of, you know, that I wouldn't uh, work on a Sunday or uh, compete on a Sunday. Uh, I believe that, you know, Christ has fulfilled the Sabbath and Christ is our Sabbath rest, if you like. I do believe, though, that, you know, there's, that we have the, the every day is the Lord's Day, but Sunday is that special particular day uh, of gathering with the Lord's people and hearing the preached word and being edified and, and edifying one another. Um, with regards to then my own career, um, so then it didn't, it wasn't a problem to then play on a Sunday. Uh, but for me, it only, it happened now and again because Sunday football, uh, was just coming in as the media was starting to get a grip in the 1990s. Um, and so it wasn't every week. It was just now and now and then. And so I could, I could even make an evening service often if I didn't make the morning service if I played. Um, and it was, it wasn't disruptive of, of church life. Now, nowadays for, uh, professional footballers in, certainly in the, in the Premier League season, um, and I would say probably across most of the leagues in Europe, there are a lot of Sunday games. Uh, so then if you're a, if you're a Christian, how much, how much of your church life will, will you be missing? And that then, can become a bit of an issue. Then moving on to uh, the family thing, there's, there is a, an issue. So I'm not a Sabbatarian, but the fact that we, when we started opening shops on, on Sundays and, and Sunday sport, it has done massive damage to uh, the Christian home, I would say, or the home in general, family in general, um, and, uh, and to the church because parents, and it is where the parents must take responsibility, um, have actually put their kids, so here in Canada, hockey season starts, and you see a lot of Christian parents actually put disappearing with their kids for weeks on end. And so what are they saying then? Well, they're saying, number one, that, that, that hockey is more important than Christ, and they're actually saying to their kids also, number two, that their kids are more important to them than Christ because they rather put their kid in a sport that, that they like and, 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 and well, what if they could make it to the top level and, and that's more important than, than Christ and their kids. Are. So really as parents then, you've got to take responsibility. You've got to think very, very carefully about what sports you put your kids into and when they're playing. Um, with our son, Jake, there was, a, um, there was a decision to be made early on, especially living in England, was he going to play football and so we didn't want him playing Sunday football and we found a Saturday team that he could play play for. Um, it turned out he wasn't going to be good enough to be a professional anyway uh, but he ended up going into martial arts and he's now a professional uh, Muay Thai fighter. Oh wow. He's, num- he's, n- he's number one in Canada actually. He owns, wow. He owns his own gym here in Calgary. Um, but But we wanted to model that we love Christ first Christ is most valuable to us and um and then and then he sees his, what's most valuable to his parents then doesn't guarantee he's going to become a Christian but you're keeping him within the sphere of the means of grace that God has given to uh, children in Christian homes and by God's grace he's a 
he's a professing believer and in our church to, today. So it really is a, a parental responsibility. I don't uh, envy parents because it's a difficult one. Um, but if you seek to honor Christ first, seek his kingdom first and, and for, for the lives of your children, he, he will give you the wisdom and open the doors for you to find uh, the right outlets for your kids in sport whilst not compromising church on a Sunday. Praise God. And uh, just I, I, you said it very quickly, so I didn't recognize the martial art that you're, in which your son is a champion. What is it? It's Muay Thai. Muay Thai. It's, the, it's obviously rooted in Thailand, uh, the art of eight limbs. A lot of people would look at it and see it, say it looks a bit like kickboxing, but it's a uh, slightly slightly different and uh I, again i talk about jake my son and, and my daughter ava in the, in the book and and jake was actually born with one hand wow and uh, and so that's where we in the book talk about suffering and disability and it was at the height of my career as uh, just getting promotion to the premier league with newcastle and then jake was born and was a complete shock and um and uh and then how we dealt with that as as young christian parents um, and how the Lord provided for us and how amazing is a, as a young dad, you, you look at his son, he's born with one hand and, and you think, will he be able to do everything physically? And, uh, Jake ends up being the champion of Canada in, in a sport you need, you think you need two hands for. And obviously he's beaten wow. men with hands and, uh, and the Lord has most importantly saved him. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's an important part, even as we think of parenting and, and even disability and suffering in our, in our lives and how we cope as, uh, as mothers and fathers, uh, with that suffering in our children's lives with a, with a firm view of the sovereignty of God, uh, in mind. Well, I already know that I would love to interview your son as well. If you want to put a bug in his ear, I don't know if you use that phrase in the UK or Canada. But if you want to uh, mention to him that I would love to interview him on his whole uh, overcoming the disability that he had to become a champion in martial arts, I think that's quite incredible, and especially since he's a Christian. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, Jake would, I'm sure, be glad. I won't speak for him, but I'm pretty sure he be glad to talk to you. And I think he is, it is an inspiration um, for for folks. And um and I think as well, Jake was is able been able to speak to to young people a lot with who are so obsessed with body identity and body and taking their identities from having a good body or being pretty or being the the you know the as you, we talked about macho and the and the and the great you know muscly guy or whatever. And he's uh, can talk about his own experience of that even as a young teenager before the Lord saved him. And how he was taking his identity from being physically as much as he could be. And then he's Lord saved him. Now his identity is in Christ alone, which is kind of what I was saying for that, uh, the, the person who, who wrote in or called in. Identity in Christ alone. He isn't the sum of his performance. He isn't what his body says. And out of that, then, he can be the best that he can be in, with the gifts that he's given. Amen. Well, I would love to uh, not only interview him, but perhaps even have a co-host with me or two that are pastors who are very much involved in martial arts themselves. Uh, one, one immediately comes to mind, my friend Keith Foskey of Sovereign Grace Family Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, he, he actually runs martial arts classes, uh, and I think he does it for free. But um, 
I would love to have that uh, arranged. And of course, I would love to have Vody Balcom on, uh, who I'm sure you are aware is a uh, accomplished martial arts. Uh, uh, Brazilian education. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Vody came, stayed with me for uh, a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago now. And he went to Jake's gym and uh, Jake put him through his paces there. Wow. So Vody, Vody was breathing heavy for sure. Ah! <laughs> Big guy, uh, Vody Balcom. Um, and of, I don't know if you know my friend, Dr. James R. White of Alpha and Omega Ministries, but his son, uh, Josh, is a accomplished Krav Maga martial artist to the Israeli martial art. Oh. But uh, we have to go to our final break right now. It's going to be a lot more brief than the other breaks. If you have a question, send it in right now because we're rapidly running out of time. ChrisArnson at gmail.com. ChrisArnson at gmail.com. Don't go away. We're going to be right back after these messages from our sponsors. James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson, I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, on the sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron radio exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe, build, fight. PuritanPHX.com The Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. 
Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. That's right, TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural, handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Armson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to the standardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. This is Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the end for which we strive is the glory of God. If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Sasser wishing you all the richest blessings of our sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King Jesus Christ today and always. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnzen is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission to foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. 
You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm author Gary DeMar, president of American Vision, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Dan Lebenick of West Hills Baptist Church in Huntington Station, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Justin Peters of Justin Peters Ministries, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Reverend Buzz Taylor, author of God's Lawson, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Dr. William Webster, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Battleground, Washington, founder of the ministry Christian Resources. The NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Ryan Galan of Central Islip Community Church in Central Islip, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Brandon Smith of Trinity Reformed Baptist Church in Jackson, Georgia. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Truppin's Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Truppin's Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com, that's nasbible.com, to place your order. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast. I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s. And what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. Hi, this is John Sampson, pastor of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, taking a moment of your day to talk about Chris Arnzen and the Iron Sharpens Iron podcast. I consider Chris a true friend and a man of high integrity. He's a skilled interviewer who's not afraid to ask the big penetrating questions while always defending the key doctrines of the Christian faith. I've always been happy to point people to this podcast knowing it's one of the very few safe places on the internet where folk won't be led astray. I believe this podcast needs to be heard far and wide.
pride. This is a day of great spiritual compromise. And yet God has raised Chris up for just such a time. And knowing this, it's up to us as members of the body of Christ to stand with such a ministry in prayer and in finances. I'm pleased to do so and would like to ask you to prayerfully consider joining me in supporting Iron Sharpens Iron financially. Would you consider sending either a one-time gift or even becoming a regular monthly partner with this ministry? I know it would be a huge encouragement to Chris if you would. All the details can be found at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can click support. That's ironsharpensironradio.com. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest and buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie All in 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. And I can't wait to get my very first rebound Bible from ptlbiblerebinding.com. I am just so excited about it. It will be my first Bible masterfully rebound by Jeffrey Rice of ptlbiblerebinding.com. And I urge everyone listening who has a Bible that they would like to be like to have rebound or any other book of great importance that you want rebound, Jeffrey Rice is certainly a master, a craftsman, a leather craftsman, and uh, specifically a, a thorough expert in the whole area of book uh, rebinding. So I highly recommend them. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. Com. We do have Christopher in Western Suffolk County, Long Island, New York, who has a question for you, Gavin. He says, I know that you're not a prophet, but I wonder what you think of the future of professional sports with all the increasing demands being made by feminists, homosexuals, and transgendered activists. Uh, well, I think that sport will be one area where we'll just see it implode and it, it will not work. And, and what I'm seeing um, uh, with unbelievers is they actually looking and saying, it's not right that a man can identify as a woman and compete in the, the women's swimming, for instance. They, it's not right. It, does, it doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. And there's a sense, even in God's common grace, because he's made us this way to fit together this way for human flourishing, that people are starting to say now, even as unbelievers, this is not right. 
Uh, and in the end, uh, the, we'll, I think we'll see an implosion and then, and then a backlash. And I think we'll see a reverting to, um, you know, what, what men's and women's sports and keeping it as, as it is. We've even seen Nicola Sturgeon, uh, you know, the leader in uh, Scotland, reverse her own opinions on transgender, you know, men identifying as women being allowed in, in women's prisons. She's actually re- reversed her decision on that because of the, the public backlash. Well, uh, I want to remind all of our anonymous listeners who sent in questions. Uh, if you send me an email with your full name and mailing address, you have all won a free copy of the book we are addressing, A Greater Glory from Pitch to Pulpit, by my guest today, Gavin Peacock. And that is because of the generosity and kindness of Christian-focused publications and also the kindness and generosity of Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com, who ship all of our winners their free Bibles and books that they win by submitting questions uh, at no charge to our audience and no charge to us either. So we thank both Christian Focus Publications and Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com. I'd like to have, allow you to have the last few minutes of the show uninterrupted where you can have etched in the hearts and minds of our listeners what you most want to remain there in their hearts and minds when they leave the program today. Well, we've, we've discussed many different things and in relation to, to, to my book, and I think that uh, what I want people to be left with is the sense of their great need uh, for salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ and the great hope that you can have uh, in coming to Christ in faith. Um, we've talked about, you know, uh, God's word, God's design, uh, about manhood, for instance. You can't circumvent the cross of Christ to get to, to biblical manhood. He is, he is the proverbial man. Uh, and he is the, the the second Adam, who is the only savior for for anyone. That's what my book points to. That's what we should, as Christians, be like arrows in pointing towards. And uh, you know, I just I would lo- I want people to be left with the words of Jesus Himself, who said, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." And um, he is the one who knows all of our burdens that we have, the, the, the failures, the sense of shame, uh, the sins that we carry, the pressures of life even. He knows them all, and he is the one that can take them from us as we yoke ourselves to him and, and, and follow him, and, and, and that is the, the true and good way. And so that's what I want people to be left with, that the invitation to come to Christ himself. Amen. And we have one time for one last question. We have BB in Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, who asks, are you available to travel to the U.S. for speaking engagements, especially to men's groups and to events where young men are in the audience predominantly? Uh, the answer to that is yes. I, I travel uh, regularly, uh, globally, and particularly to the States. I've got three conferences coming up uh, in, in North Carolina and, and, and Florida and Indianapolis in the next couple of months. And yeah, I'll, I'll do conferences on biblical manhood or marriage or sexuality. Uh, all, all of these particular issues um, is something I do do. So is your itinerary on your website, on your church website? It's not, actually not on my uh, website, but uh, people can contact me through my website or through 
my Twitter feed. Uh, there's a direct contact email address there on my Twitter feed information, which is uh, G Peacock, the G and the P are capitals, G Peacock 8. That's it, at G Peacock 8 is my Twitter. Handle. And the website for the church where our guest is associate pastor, calvarygrace.ca, calvary with a V as in victory, grace.ca. And don't forget, if you are interested in, if you didn't win the book today, or if you want to purchase the book, even if you want it, you want to give out copies to other people, christianfocus.com, christianfocus.com. And you can purchase it here in the United States at cvbbs.com, cv for Cumberland Valley, bbs.com. Thank you so much, Gavin Peacock. Thank everybody for listening. Hope you have a safe and happy and joyful and Christ-honoring weekend and Lord's Day. And I want you all to always remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far greater Savior than you are a sinner.